Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I'm Chad Norman, Internet Marketing Manager here at BlackBot and your host for this nonprofit technology podcast. This is episode 12 for July 22nd, 2008. Before we get to the stories, I'd like to introduce the panel today. We've got uh, a couple people on the line that I'm very excited about. Coming back to us is Garrett Keating, the Senior Web Developer at the United States Naval Academy Alumni Association and Foundation. Welcome to the show, Garrett. Thanks for having me again, Chad. You can find Garrett at his newly named website, customizingnetcommunity.com, or at twitter.com slash digital slacker. Joining us for the first time today is, a, is an old friend, first time on the podcast, Michael Sola. Welcome to the show, Michael. Thanks, Chad. Glad Mike, to be here. Yeah, great to have you. Uh, Michael is the Director of Information Technology at the Chesapeake Bay Foundation, one of my favorite orgs. You can find Michael's blog at cbf.typepad.com, or you can find him at twitter.com slash michaelsola. As far as the rest of the panel today, we've got some BlackBot vets here. We've got Steve McLaughlin, Director of Internet Solutions. Hey, Chad. He's extremely happy to be here today. And you can find him at blackbot.com slash connections or twitter.com slash McLaughlin. And Melanie Malonis is here, Manager of Public Relations. Welcome to the show, Melanie. Thanks, Chad. Blackbot.com slash news and twitter.com slash melnilo. All right. With that out of the way, I really do just want to get right into the main story here, which we're very excited about which is the BlackBot Net Community 5.5 release. Uh, the feature set's amazing. I've been going to a bunch of meetings lately and um, seeing it demoed. It's uh, really pushing the product forward. Social networking, baby. Steve's excited. Um, page sharing, WAI compliance, e-cards, content approval, single confirmation, e-receipts. This is cool stuff. Steve, it's a huge release. Is the team excited about this upstairs? Absolutely. Sort of a, a release that's been, uh, in some cases, eight or 10 months in the making. There's been some features and some pieces of functionality we've been working on for quite a while and others that uh, have been on the drawing board for maybe years. So um, I think the the growth of our development team and um, you know client feedback and all that great stuff has really helped us put together what I think is a, is a really great release. Um, so definitely excited about it. Uh, the funny thing about releasing products is there's not a lot of sleep for the uh, weary, I guess. Uh, we're already spending a lot of time um, plotting and planning about the next several releases of Net Community. So um, we're already getting excited about what's going to be in the next five dot something release and the following and subsequent releases after that. Uh, Michael, we wanted to have you on the show today a little bit because you are one of our early adopters for BlackBot Net Community 5.5. And uh, I understand you have it running in a test environment. So what sort of impressed you so far with the feature set? Uh, thanks, Jed. Uh, certainly the idea of, of moving into 5.5 was one of the reasons why we were holding off. There was some functionality that we just absolutely had to have, uh, in, including, uh, and most importantly, the, the entire concept of, of the e-carts and being able to have that automation component already there and built in for when the e-appeals uh, were, were actually being used and people were signing up online. Uh, the, the game plan was to be able to automate that as much as possible, so it took some of the processing, the manual processing, the back-end and our development group uh, off their plate. And anything that we can do to improve process is always something that, that I'm striving to do. And, and there was a lot of process improvement in 5.5 that we were excited to, to move into. And that was one of the reasons why we've held off this long to, to get chopping at that piece. That sounds really cool. As far as like you're talking about automating processes, is this going to actually save your organization time and therefore money? Is that sort of the uh, ROI you're looking at? Uh, it's it's definitely going to save time, and and I think that was the 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 main key in trying to to get that piece going before we move forward with starting to do more of our our membership and and e appeals through uh, Net Community. That was certainly the the one big component. 
Uh, there were also some other really niceties that we we're uh, looking forward to, including the enhanced image library uh, uh, ability to start interacting more at that level, and then also the, uh, the events and the, and the calendar and having all those social networking components. That's one of the, the, the big pushes that we've been trying to figure out how to better s- sort of position ourselves in the social networking front within the Facebook and MySpace uh, world was how can we make it easier for people to share a lot of the events and a lot of the restoration type work and, and things that we're doing out there on the environmental front to, to get them engaged at a different level. And, and having those components integrated, built in, easily accessible uh, right there without a whole lot of fuss and, and muss, that was, that was a plus too. No, it's great to hear. I, I certainly think uh, most environmental organizations would really uh, be able to use a lot of that social networking functionality as well. Um, how is the integration between BlackBot Direct Marketing and BBNC going to help you guys at CBF? Uh, the, the one thing that we're looking forward to with, with this level of integration is it closes the loop on what we're doing on the direct marketing front. Uh, when, when we uh, adopted the BBDM product line last year, and started moving the management aspects of how we do direct marketing in our membership uh, uh, group, the idea was to have a one-stop shop with BBDM. Uh, the one component that's always been elusive to us has been what we're doing on the e-appeal side because it's totally been something separate and, and something that's been harder to uh, uh, to manage and, and bring into a single uh, point of entry, especially for reporting uh, and, and managing the, looking at the success of, of, of each of those appeals. So, so having now the ability to bring those two systems together is going to be another one of those process improvements and, and, and another one of those kind of, kind of snapshot tools that we'll see right away the successes, the, the level of integration, the, the less work that will be involved in, in our, our DSS, uh, our data services team, uh, and bringing all that information back into the razor's edge and into the record. Uh, which then in turn helps our development officers better look at our members and when they're interacting with them to know exactly how much they're involved and what and, and at what level. Michael, sort of curious here, you know, there's a lot of talk and chatter about this whole concept of, of multi-channel communication and, and doing those kinds of things, but it, it's, it's in a way a lot like the, uh, I guess, the Loch Ness Monster. There's a lot of talk about it, a lot of sightings, but no one's ever, you know, sort of proven it exists, right? For, for an organization like CBF where you do a lot of direct mail, a lot of direct marketing events and, and other types of channel communication of which email and web is just one, I guess from, from an organization perspective, how have you guys bought into this as a, a way that you know you need to do um, business with your constituents moving forward? Uh, that, that's a great question, Steve. And cer- certainly, I think the, the, the challenge that we've always had, especially when you look at the history of this organization or any nonprofit for that matter, that's come up through the, the various stages of how marketing has progressed. Uh, the electronic world is certainly a new one. It has its own challenges in, in how and, and, the, and the frequency of how often people will, will respond to you in that way. We still struggle with trying to get the bulk of our, our members, you know, connected electronically. Our, our, I think our records are, uh, are are pretty much even with, with with a lot of other groups in that we've got more people who are not online than we have online. So getting those email addresses and getting getting them to start using the electronic world, the web world, uh, as as a mechanism to to engage both for for the the, the monetary appeal. Uh, as well as the, the take action and, and to get involved uh, uh, you know, 
component of what we do as an organization. I, I think that, that that is where we, uh, because we are doing you know so many different things from from uh, uh, action alerts to e appeals to to just you know publishing our events to you know all that type of online stuff, and at the same time we're sending out the uh, the newsletters and and the uh, uh, the the monthly magazines and the and and the the, the actual hard copy documents for appeals, uh, and it, it's it is definitely a, a multi front process, uh, and, and I think until you have total, you know, buy-in on, on the public side from one or the other, uh, you're going to have to live in both worlds. There's no way around that. And, and that's certainly something that we've been trying to make sure we, we manage as effectively as possible. It makes a lot of sense. I think, especially as you look at moving more online and getting more people online with that integration with your other systems is going to be really crucial, to, like you said, to keeping, these, keeping the automation and the processes clean and getting more efficiency out of your workflow. Oh, absolutely, and and you got to look at also the, the the age factor. The you know which groups you know uh, are, are typically more involved at at the online level, you know, versus not so much, but based on on, on who they are and, and and what they do. I mean, I I won't speak for uh, for Garrett. I, I know they they have a similar uh, issue not issue, but the approach with the fact that they have younger Navy alumni who only want stuff online. Yeah, that is correct, Michael. We've uh, been s- sort of struggling with that in a lot of ways, um, especially in our case because people, the mids that leave the academy, um, for the first at least four years, they're out in the fleet, and communication is obviously vital. And something as simple as you know just getting access to email on a, in a timely fashion is uh, can be difficult at times. So depending on where they're deployed. So yeah, we're definitely struggling with new ways of uh, electronic communications to keep in touch with those folks and subsequently allow those folks to keep in touch with each other. Yeah, and I think it also points to, I mean, certainly we've seen a lot of research done, whether it's from uh, our target analytics group or just other studies that have been done out there, that the using the multi-channel approach to work with constituents, whether donors, volunteers, you know, activists, whoever happens to be, you know, gets more results when you look at that, when you're using a combination of, you know, email and direct mail and some web content or direct mail or and telethon sort of based fundraising gets positive results when you're mixing the different media channels as opposed to let's let's sync all our efforts into email and, and hope it works because that usually isn't the case. Have you, either of you seen an instance where you've followed up using a different channel or maybe, you know, integrated channels on the response as well? Mm. Mm. <laughs> I'm just kind of interested because we have uh, someone who who's done a study, Beth Isakoff, actually from Target, on this very subject, and has presented that a lot of people haven't really crossed channels very well with the response, but um, when they have, it's been very effective. So to kind of pull people into the internet, um, I, I think in part some of that depends on where that contact came from. And, and, and I say that because I know in, in some cases uh, we, we've uh, uh, used the group called Care2. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and, and in, in this instance, you know, we targeted specifically folks who had an interest in environmental causes. And we, and we brought in um, a couple of thousand uh, contacts. And we only used, in this case, e-appeals, emails, that form of communications to, to uh, work with this group, and 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 the percentage, the turnaround uh, was was staggering. I think it was like a sixty percent response rate 
Um, and, and out of that, I can't remember the exact numbers of, of, of membership that we got, but it was one of the highest responses that we got even on a monetary level targeting a specific group in just one area. Uh, I, I can't say that, that that answers your question, but, I mean, it's an example of, you know, again, these people were used to being uh, online. They, they wanted to be involved online. They, we only solicited them. We only reached out to them in that fashion, and the response was very positive versus, you know, the multiple ways that we collect emails and then the, 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 the small percentages that we typically will get from either people taking action or from actually uh, giving money through an e-appeal. Uh, it's definitely a, a different response. It's a different target rate. Uh, and it goes back to how, uh, you know, how clean is your list, how often you're hitting them, you know, what is there, how did they get into the system at that level, and whether or not they're really engaged at that level. Yeah, I think that's a really valid point. Certainly there are different acquisition sources that have a higher yield or higher results than others. And, and to Michael's point, you know, somewhere where you're, um, acquiring a list of constituents where it's highly refined and it's very specific because people have expressed an interest in, you know, environmental causes in the case of, of some of the work the Chesapeake Bay Foundation is doing versus an acquisition source that was um, a direct mail device of which someone wrote an email address on it versus somebody who showed up at a event one day um, and casually provided that information. Not all those acquisition sources, I think, are equal, or 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 you should expect as an organization to get the same results. How you acquire it uh, can be really, really important as well. Obviously, I think. All right, Garrett. I know you're not an early adopter here, but I'm sure you're dying to get your hands on that 5.5 API. He, yeah. he, he, he wants to camp out on my doorstep. I know that. <laughs> I've I've offered on several occasions to go and help them with their implementation. Right, but. Uh, that hasn't. They haven't taken me up on it for some reason. So I've got a kayak with your name on it, Garrett. Okay, nice. Yeah, well, the, what, what's the, the vibe river. out there regarding like developers? I mean, are, uh, obviously you're excited. Is that sort of the general the general vibe? Yeah, I think so. Um, generally, from a developer standpoint, anytime the API gets changed, um, it's always fairly exciting. Um, you know, in this particular case, um, the new model is uh, uh, much more structured and uh, sort of puts uh, the API. Uh, in a great position to grow in the future, you know, without getting too super technical, but there's basically a lot of sort of internal framework stuff and revamping that's gone on. And they've added a lot of stuff too, from what I understand. So yeah, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be nice when it comes out. It's going to open up a lot of new possibilities for developers. Uh, I'll be able to get access to uh, parts of that community um, that they didn't have access to before. Um, they've also, well, I guess one of the key components in addition to the revamp is, um, the ability to uh, sort of use uh, custom server controls officially within 5.5. So this is basically the ability to reuse uh, key components in that community that have already that already exist. They've been built by um, the net community developers. So this might include something like uh, an image selection button or a part selection button or a query picker. Um, these are just pieces of functionality that exist inside the product already, and they sort of expose those via the API to the uh the sort of end end user developer, I guess is the best way to put it. So I'm I'm definitely excited about that. And obviously um, we've discussed uh, all the new features and things like that. Um, that's exciting as well. But um, for me, the API is, is pretty important. Right now, Michael was talking about how his uh, organization may not be using the social networking piece as much. How about you guys? I mean, uh, specifically the social networking piece where you can add friends at your site, but also the ability to get content pushed out to dig. And things like that. Well, as far as the um, 
the concept being pushed out to dig and sort of the social bookmarking aspect of that. Um, a while back, the developer Michael Andrews and Sean Sullivan, those guys released um, a social social source, I think is what they called it. It was sort of a free custom part that um, we had the uh, Naval Academy Alumni Association then grabbed and uh, sort of revamped, used, and uh, implemented our uh, in our own uh, environment. Now, I understand that that's also going to be the live sort of in the wild in 5.5 officially, but we've already sort of customized our own. So that, that's pretty neat. As far as the, um, the social networking as a whole, the, the component, we're really excited about that because it, it does sort of add that caliber of community, friends of friends, that sort of has been lacking in a lot of ways and that, you know, you've seen a lot of our alumni go out to Facebook, LinkedIn, MySpace, and the other social networking sites to achieve. So it sort of brings that in-house and that's really exciting. In addition to that, um, you know, we obviously can record that on some level, um, friends of friends, but it sort of gives us access or gives our alumni the ability to connect with people that are already in our database. Um, that's something that they can't really do uh, on Facebook unless the person has already joined Facebook. So we at least now, with private messaging, things like that, should have the ability to message maybe people in that community that haven't you know, officially signed up or, or gone through that process yet. So that's pretty exciting. And Garrett, I understand you have class pages all the way back to 1937. How do you think that the new social networking uh, component is going to help you kind of expand that and add to that? Well, we've um, we've been trying to tackle the class pages uh, problem with Chapter Manager, which is a integrated part of uh, Net Community for as long as I can remember. And we're hoping that the new social networking piece, to me, that seems like the logical place for it. It gives you the, you know the ability to sort of a class is a group kind of thing, chapter is a group, and sort of give maybe the end user, eventually, maybe not in this release, but down the road, the ability to, um, you know, modify and, you know, manage those on, on, a, on a sort of, I guess, chapter manager or class manager level. So that's that's probably where we're going to go with, with that. Um, I don't know if it'll be in this. Currently, our class solution is sort of a homegrown that's been around for, probably about two or three years external to that community. We obviously integrate back into the database where we can, but um, it's not native to, to net community. And, and if I could just chime in there, one of the roadmap uh, components that we were looking at as we start moving into this whole area, especially on our volunteer side, uh, like Garrett was saying, we have a lot of volunteers with who have very special interests. And because we know that they are, you know, not on Facebook or not on LinkedIn or et cetera, um, this gives them that ability to connect with each other based on on those on those uh, uh, constituent codes that, that we've identified within Razor's Edge. That hey, this is an oyster uh, gardener. This is someone who's interested in grasses. This is someone who, who wants to do restoration work, uh, and hopefully be able to pull those people together within our own uh, website. That gives them the ability to to start looking geographically at what's happening in their community, what's happening in their own part of the watershed. And, and, and that's, again, another uh, uh, component that we're looking forward to moving into as, as we keep pushing forward. I think that's, that's some, some really sort of good insights about how two very different organizations have, have thought about using a tool set in some different ways. I think, obviously, from the Black Ball perspective, we think one of the, the powerful points is, is similar to what both of you guys have spoken to, which is, um, the social networking tools allow you to get a, a much deeper and richer degree of relevancy around 
constituents. And, and to that point, you know, at Chesapeake Bay where, you know, you may have a wealth of information about people you've been storing in the razor's edge over years and years and years. And they, they may or may not be MySpace people. They may or may not be Facebook people, but doesn't mean that they don't want to go to a place where they've got that no, that sort of notion of uh, online community and, and collaboration and your ability to provide that but also to make it much more relevant to the things that you're doing is, 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 um, is Chesapeake Bay Foundation, but also what those people are looking for in terms of information as well makes it, I think, a pretty powerful a way to do things online. And, and I think there is, because there are so many different organizations with so many different, different groups of people, uh, it, it's important that you have some sort of mechanism with which to uh, allow them to connect. Well, as we move forward with the uh, life cycle of the product, we've set up the BlackBotNet Community Idea Bank, and there's been a lot of activity out there. Uh, Garrett, Michael, have you been out there adding any ideas? I've been on it a couple of times. Um, added uh, one or two myself, voted on a few. Um, it's a great idea, I think. Um, you know, it sort of gives people the ability to um, you know, voice their um, concerns, ideas, whatever you may want to call them. And, you know, it gives BlackBot a good indication of exactly how big of a problem or not something may or may not be. I mean, you can go in there and vote for uh, a specific issue that you may want to see changed. So that kind of gives it a sort of a degree of importance, I guess. So definitely it's a, I like it a lot. Right, so. Well, we've been really happy too with the two-way communication with uh, people like Steve out there contributing and actually being able to communicate back and be able to say like, hey, look, this is what we're doing with this. Here's where it's going. And uh, that's sort of, we see a lot of value there as well. So it's turning out to be a pretty cool project. So for those of you who aren't um, active, avid listeners to the podcast, or maybe you were on vacation and missed an episode, that happens. Uh, I think we announced in the last episode the, this thing we're calling Net Community, the Blackboard Net Community Idea Bank, and it's at blackboardnetcommunity.uservoice.com. And this is yet another little experiment um, here at the BOD that we're trying out with some different social media tools. It's very similar to what Dell Computer uses in terms of, um, what do they call it? Oh, I used to Idea Storm. Idea Storm. And essentially, it's customer ideas, you know, feedback around items. We're piloting this with Net Community. I think the, the first question I got asked when we rolled this out was, when are you doing this for the other products? And right. we're still experimenting with this, this one, but um, had a lot of suggestions come in. And it is sort of interesting to watch behind the scenes to see the voting mechanism. So when you visit the site, not only can you submit ideas, but then you can vote on ideas that are sitting out there. And I think at the moment, and for the past few weeks, the top item on there in terms of number of votes is actually something we're releasing in, in 5.5 later um, later this week. So that's sort of gratifying that, you know, an idea that was submitted by um, you know, a customer who's visited the site actually happens to be something we're doing. But certainly when you when you make your way through the list, there are some things that are one vote, vote and very niche and very particular. And then there are other things that you look at um, that have a lot more votes. And it, it, it is certainly helpful from a product management standpoint because um, a lot of what, you know, what I spend my time doing is sifting through the hundreds of product suggestions and all the different priorities and this is what we view as another channel for us to get feedback from customers. You know, sometimes um, 
you know, we get feedback when we're um, implementing a solution. We get feedback when people make phone calls into product support, and we get feedback from just talking to people and trading emails. But this is also a way for people, I guess, to provide feedback to us in an anonymous, or you can register as well. So you've, you've got some anonymity, if you'd like that, about some things you'd like improved in the product. And that helps us to, to sort of get a gauge on what's important. And it's a little bit democratic, too, because other people can go in here and vote and say, hey, you know, um, I really think it's important that there's an ability to extract survey results, and that's got 22 votes, and that's really important to me, uh, versus something maybe lower on the list where um, someone has not thought it's, it's as important. So it's, it's just another experiment, another data point. And um, we'll see what we do with this thing next. And Steve, I'd like to add to that too. As a developer, when you know, if I add something to the idea bank and I don't see it getting a whole lot of traction, to me that could be an indicator that this might be something that we might have to go the route of a custom part in order to have that community work the way we want it to in this particular case. So if it's something that we, we see like five or six or seven votes on, you know, that might be something that we might talk to our sales manager about or uh, product support or something to that to see if it's something that we, you know, might be in an upcoming release or, you know, product cycle or something to that effect. But it does give me as a developer a good indicator of whether or not we should do go the custom part router or more look towards Blackboard. Yeah, that's a great point, Jared. I mean, it's a great way to be able to figure out whether or not to spend your resources, you know, developing a part, you know, or if it's going to actually come out on the product. Yeah, that's kind of an interesting way to use it, too. Very cool. All right, moving on now, I'd like to go to Melanie for some Blackboard news. What's happening? A lot of events. BlackBot recently announced the launch of a new Choose Your Own Adventure seminar series called BlackBot Delivers. The free half-day seminars will be presented all over the country with the first three in Chicago, San Francisco, and the D.C. area. Attendees in each city will be able to vote for their favorite topic prior to the event, and the most popular topic will be presented. BlackBot Delivers topics range from developing a culture of accountability and stewardship to the case for moves management when financial times are tough. And I know this is a really important issue uh, facing all nonprofits right now. So uh, we're hoping to extend this series to everyone, not just BlackBot uh, customers. So everyone's welcome, and there will be relevant content uh, for attendees, whether they have BlackBot products or not. So we're really excited about it. And the Chicago seminar is already full, but you can still register online for the other cities at blackbaud.com slash delivers. And what was what session won the first voting? I'm curious. The topic for the kickoff seminar in Chicago on August 6th will be donor retention from analysis to action, which is obviously a topic that has been in the forefront with the recent uh, fundraising index and the Giving USA uh, survey. So... I think it's going to be a a really good topic to be covered by Samantha Cohen, who works really closely with uh, some of our enterprise customers. I I just went to the site. It's blackbaud.com slash delivers, And and the the winning topic is donor retention from analysis to action. Yes. I love it, Michael. You're on top of it, as always. And voting is still open for Bethesda, Maryland, Boston, Massachusetts, Minneapolis, Minnesota, New York, New York, San Diego, and Philly. So get out there and vote. Vote, vote, vote. <laughs> Idea Bank, Blackboard delivers. That's right. We got you covered. Let's yeah. interact. I don't register because then I'll get called for jury duty. So <laughs> nice. Jury duty's fun. I've been called three times. Really? And served on the jury all three times. Wow. Yeah. I've only been called to jury right. duty once. It's fun. Yeah. I recommend it to everyone. Okay, we have one more event, guys. 
We also just confirmed that after the great feedback we received from the Internet Symposium held in New York this spring, we will be hitting the West Coast with a new event called NetWits Live that will be held in Portland on October 2nd. And we will be partnering with N10 to develop some great sessions on social networking and media, email, and Internet strategy. And we will be posting information at blackblood.com in the coming months about how to register for that. Uh, but in the meantime, you can check out the Networks blog, which covers topics in Internet marketing, communications, tools, and technology at blackbaud.com slash netwits. And that's it for news this week. Great. Thanks, Melanie. Uh, we really don't have any main stories left. I did want to bring up uh, Social Things new services because I know that Garrett and I are both uh, sort of Social Things fans. Um, and I, I really think this is a great product. Uh, did you get them all turned on, Garrett? Um, not all of them. I'm, I am not a fan of, uh, Guitar Hero, Last right. FM, Seismic, or Vimo, and they didn't, I haven't got accepted for the Bright Night, uh, beta yet. Right. So once that happens, I'll, uh, I'll hook that one up. I think Clerk, Clerk you're, was you're in there not too. a fan of Guitar Hero? <laughs> no, I'm not, unfortunately. Um, the, the other one that I did forget to mention was Clerk. Yeah. Um, and Clerk's kind of like what I would call a 50% integration. Um, right. you can't really post to it, you can just receive from it. So, right. I, I guess I guess that's okay, um, but I'm hoping to get a full integration where I can actually post up to Plurk. And I have vowed to stop using any social network that's not part of Social Thing. Yeah, you mentioned that. Takes- that's great. I mean, uh, and it's funny. That's why I really like Social Thing is because I can I can use it and no one else has to sign up. You know, I love FriendFeed and I love what they did, but it you know it it only works for me in sort of the nonprofit tech space where I, I don't have a lot of my friends here i don't have any of my friends outside of work uh you know whereas social thing it's just sort of you know anybody that's in your network is going to be in your social thing feed and uh, exactly. i think that's really powerful yeah i mean it means i only have to go to one place and spend right. uh you know significantly less amount of time managing my social networks which right. um can be much more time consuming than you would first think <laughs> Yeah, someone needs to work on that. Um, yes. But anyway, so I've actually got some invites, so if you need some, uh, feel free to ping me at uh, twitter.com slash chadnorman. Michael, Garrett, uh, Michael, would you like to plug anything that's going on at uh, Chesapeake Bay Foundation? Uh, VoteTheBay.org. VoteTheBay.org. It's the voting episode, definitely. Definitely. This is the voting episode. What can people do there? Learn uh, basically things they can do to get environmental issues and into the uh, presidential campaign, which no one seems to be talking about much. Yeah, how did that happen? <laughs> I don't know, but it certainly has taken a backseat in, in, uh, in the campaign on both candidates' uh, side so far. Nice. Uh, Garrett, what do you have? I don't have anything as cool as that, <laughs> um, that's for sure. But um, now we're just finishing up uh, our latest membership application, uh, bringing uh, our membership, uh, current membership app inside that community as a custom part. I'm hoping to have that up and running probably within the next couple of weeks. And uh, at the end of the month, we're having a small uh, mini IS conference. The first day is uh, usually Army, uh, Navy, and the second day is going to be um, Blackboard, um, a few Blackboard clients, uh, CBF being one of them. Um, obviously, us, and we're hosting that uh, in Annapolis. So looking forward to that. Very yeah, good. I'm looking forward to that, too. <laughs> All right, anybody here? Melanie, Steve? Ooh, who's that? Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. What timing. <laughs> and on that note. All right. Well, that does it for this episode of the podcast. I'd like to thank our guests, Melanie Malona, Steve McLaughlin, Garrett Keating, and Michael Sola. If any of you listeners have feedback, please send us an email at thebodcast at blackbot.com. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. So until then, I'm Chad Norman, and thanks for listening to the podcast. 
It's cold front coming in from the north. Tropical storm moving up the coast. You want the typing noise? I can do the helicopter noise. 